Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us all that once was good. And it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. I was going to try to figure out how to make the intro smaller since we're talking Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I was I was going to whisper it, but then I was worried people wouldn't be able to hear it or I could like somehow change the audio so i have like this little tiny like helium kind of voice sort of i don't know mm-hmm. i then i just kind of come out sounding like a creepy mickey mouse true true you want to avoid the creepy mickey mouse <laughs> hi kids <laughs> yeah that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that might that might cause nightmares <laughs> hi kids want to see my van <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh it's late i've got candy <laughs> um so anyway <laughs> Yes, it's honey. I shrunk the kids. Um, we're not we're not defiling Mickey Mouse in any way, um, but this is a Disney movie. So uh, thank you to the mouse for all that he's done and all that stuff. Yeah. So very very quickly, uh, I've got Pat. I've got Bo with me tonight, gentlemen. How are you doing? Oh, outstanding. Very well, John. How are you? Excellent. Well, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing. I'm here with you guys, and we're talking movies, so that makes everything all better. Yes, agreed. All right, very, very quickly, we spoil the movies we talk about, so if you start to hear a movie title, we may spoil it, so just be aware of that, and we're definitely going to spoil Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Spoiler alert, um, kids get shrunk. That's deep. That's, that's I, digging. I, I thought I would just share that right now. It's digging it's through the clues. Just, just it's just case. not a clever title. I've I've thrown out the question, at least for like the you know the last couple of weeks, I threw out the question I tried tried the one time was does the title live up to the movie or does the title accurately reflect the movie because in this case yes yeah yes right between the eyes don't even have to discuss it uh so anyway spoiler alert itunes if you have not left such a a review on your favorite podcast listening service please do so uh itunes in particular for our algorithms and all that other fun stuff uh that gets us heard by more people and if you have not visited our website, 30podcast.com is our website. So please go there. You can check out all the different ways that you can get in touch with the show, interact with us, um, voicemails, past episodes, all that fun stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, go on over there, 30podcast.com. I'm going to jump right on into This Week in 89. I don't know, at least as of the time that we're recording this, I don't know that I have a whole lot of new movie news. So if you gentlemen are ready to hop in the DeLorean. Could, you 1. Think 21 gigawatts ready to go. 1.20, the only thing that could generate that kind of... Okay, question really quick. Do you think all three of us could fit in a DeLorean? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I <laughs> saw a mock-up at the auto museum a couple weeks ago, and I'm not so sure. Okay. It's kind of a two-person and a dog car. Okay. Unless Pat's riding on your lap, John, which I suppose okay. is possible. 
Well, hey. It's been done. Okay. There we go. Have you... Uh, <laughs> have, have, <laughs> moving moving quickly said. on. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, moving quickly on. Have either of you guys seen Cadillac Man? Uh, no. No. No? No? Okay. That's, that's a movie that we're doing for next year. It's a um, Robin Williams movie. He's a car salesman. And there's a scene in which he's trying to sell cars, or if he doesn't sell a certain number of cars in one day, he's going to lose his job. And so they've got these different couples that come in that are kind of these caricatures of people. And one is this guy who is just really tall, but also really big. And he really wants this tiny little sports car. Mm-hmm. And he tr- and he just he tries to wedge himself into this thing, and he finally gets inside. And he's like, "Don't you tell me what I want to buy. I I want if I want this car, I want this sporty car." And he's trying to get him into something that he would fit into better. And he mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, you, you hear like the, it's almost like the balloon stretching sounds as he's getting into the car, mm-hmm. and and finally he gets in, and his wife is like, "Are you okay, honey?" He's like, "Yo, oh, it fits great." So I kind of picture that would be us trying to fit into a DeLorean. It, it, it might, you know, that's like, that's like back in the day when how many people can you fit in a car? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I had a Buick, so I could fit a lot of people in my car. Um, I had a Crown Victoria for a little oh, while. Oh, oh, wow. I'm oh. still squeezing people into that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's outstanding. The cop car. There we go. And my three body trunk, I used to call it. There you go. That's awesome. See our earlier discussion from last week on the mafia. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Well, my buddy had a Buick Century, and uh-huh. uh, I could fit him, me, and the entire uh, flag guard in our in the car. There you go. Twenty or twenty-five girls there, and um, I have proof that that can be done. There you go. I think we'll leave that story right there. there I was going to say, I, I feel like I want the rest of that story sometime, but it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be now. Hold on, mm-hmm. I. I'm I'm changing up all of our five questions at the end of the episode. <laughs> right. I they never. Will, with, they will the all be related one, to this story now. At, at, you know, the wedding episode. I never explained how my buddy's wedding was kind of functioning as my bachelor party. So there's a couple of these stories that that we'll put in the thirty uh, something movie podcast after dark episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've I've toyed around with the idea of of you know on occasion if we want to do like newer movies or things like that um that uh we could do like a a, a patreon you know patreon some people donate and then they get access to other episodes mm-hmm. that are just for subscribers only and things like this i've kind of toyed around with the idea of doing something like that where we have some extra episodes that if people want to get them they can you know throw a couple bucks our way each month um right. we we could start a 30 podcast after dark series yeah. of episodes if you want to so that's I'll, awesome. I'm, I'm up for whatever you guys want to do. So, give us money. We'll tell you what we really think. There we go. <laughs> we've we've been lying to you for the past 261 episodes. <laughs> all right. I'll tell you what I really think of that. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I tell you what I really think of River's Edge or Blue Velvet or yeah, yeah. Why are you unvarnished? <laughs> you got the sanitized version. All right. Well, this week in 89, for for those of us, whoever can fit in the DeLorean with us, come on back to September 16th through the 23rd, 1989. There was a lot of stuff going on, particularly um, TV show wise. There's a lot of stuff going on during this week in 89, uh, mm-hmm. starting with September 19th. On September 19th, Doogie Hauser, MD, the series oh. starting Neil Patrick Harris debuts on ABC. 
Look at that. That was a great show. Yeah. Made me think at some point I could be a doctor. You still can't, John. And you saw blood. And then I saw blood, and I almost fainted and threw up and said, nope. Uh, also on September 19th, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814 album was released. Janet, Miss Jackson, if you nasty. Uh, so September 22nd, Baywatch, starring David Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson, debuts on NBC. There you go. And then September 22nd, composer Irving Berlin dies at age 101. Jeez. Good so for him. He, he was up there. He made it. Well, I mean, not now, yeah. but. All right. The top book was Clear and Present Danger. It was the same as last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom Clancy, and I think it's going to sit there for several weeks now, so that you'll you'll hear us repeat that he, several times. He had a tendency to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, I think it sits on that top book spot for maybe a month or two, at least. Cool. Uh, top top movie this time around was Sea of Love, directed by Harold Becker, starring Al Pacino, Ellen Barkin, and John Goodman. Um, that was on our kind of our list of secondary movies that if for some reason we needed to move some stuff around, it was it was in like one of the top because I'd never heard of it. I'd never seen it. But just the cast of characters, the, the actors that were in that movie, I, I put it on kind of a secondary list of, you know, if, if we had extra time or extra space to put more episodes in that uh, that one might be included in there just because of the Al Pacino, Ellen Barkin, John Goodman cast but we mm-hmm. didn't get, didn't get around to that one for this year and i'm not sure that we will but hey if we start 30 podcasts after after dark maybe we will yeah our first episode our, see our first episode we'll, we'll just we'll do the whole thing in a billy d williams voice the sea of love hello what have we here i just think that would be awesome I, let's let's get it done. In fact, hey, you know what? He's probably done filming uh, Rise of Skywalker. We could probably get Billy D. Williams to come on the show with us. I think that would also be outstanding. Let's, we'll oh call him up. Oh my god, that would, <laughs> I I can't even. <laughs> if if we did, you would just melt into a puddle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll see what I can do. All right. And the top song this time around is "Don't Want to Lose You" by Gloria Estefan. All right. All right. So the movie this time around is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, came out on the 23rd of June, 1989, rated PG, with a runtime of one hour and 33 minutes, directed by Joe Johnston, who also did Captain America, The First Avenger, and The Rocketeer. Producer on this one was Penny Finkelman Cox, uh, who did Shrek and Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, Gotta love it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep going. I love I, it. I, I don't remember what your snakes on a plane is, but I can't wait to get to it. I that one goes to the goes on the list just because. Right. Oh, I mean, oh it's, no, it's just a thing. Yeah. If, if if the earth or we live that long, it'll be on the list. There was used to be able to call a number and have Samuel L. Jackson leave a message for someone on their voicemail um, like as an ad for snakes on a plane. Oh, yeah. Did you ever like you could like you'd call in, you'd put your, you know, the number in, you'd like type in the person's name. So because my brother did it to me and then I would pass pass the love on. But it would be like um, ring, 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 ring. And then it was Samuel L. Jackson. It was like, hello, my name's Samuel L. Jackson. And I'm calling on behalf of the movie Snakes on a Plane. So and then it was like the pre-recorded, you know, kind of so Patrick. Get in your and it would be like you could put their car. It was sort of like a Mad Lib. You just called and like listed all this 
these couple things. And then yeah. Samuel Jackson would call the person and leave the message about snakes on a plane. And it was, it, it was awesome. That's outstanding. Was, yes. Yes. I will go on you. I'm going to go and like search for that. I'm going to use the Google and try and find examples of that. To I, I, want, show you. I want to know if the hotline is still up and running. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, well, yes. and, and knowing how prolific uh, of a of an actor he was in the 1990s and how many movies he was in the 90s, I wouldn't put it past him for it to not be a recording. Like, I, I, I'd expect Samuel Jackson just to be sitting at home answering the phone and be like, okay, what's the guy's name? Mm-hmm. Patrick. Okay. Where is Patrick? He's in his car? Okay. Got it. All right, I'm going to call him right now. <laughs> Patrick! Patrick! <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it was outstanding. All right. So I'm I'll do that and if I can find it I will I will send the link. Patrick, this is Samuel Jackson. What? Say what again? <laughs> Say what again? All right, back to the writers. Uh, Stuart Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little late, everybody. Uh, All right, Stuart, I'll, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. No, oh, you're you're good. You're good. Uh, Stuart Gordon, Brian. Yuzna or Yuzna, Ed Naha, and Tom Shulman did the story and screenplay for this movie. Uh, Gordon also did Reanimator. Yuzna did Bride of Reanimator. Naha did the uh, cartoon series The Adventures of Sinbad. Shulman did Dead Poet Society and What About Bob? Cinematography was done by Hiro Narita, who also did The Scorpion King and Star Trek VI The Undiscovered Country. Music was done by James Horner, who died in 2015. He did Titanic, The Rocketeer, and Braveheart. Budget was 18 million. Box office was 222.7 million. Uh, the reviews on this one: Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 75 percent. Audience gives it a 54 percent. IMDb gives it a 63. Letterboxd a 62. And Cinema Score gives it an A. Rick, Rick Moranis played Wayne Selinsky. Um, I think I said that right. Selinsky. Yeah. Uh, he was in Little Shop of Horrors, Spaceballs, and Ghostbusters. Matt Frewer played Big Russ Thompson. He was in Watchmen and Fear the Walking Dead and Max Headroom. Uh, Marsha Strassman, who died in 2014, played Diane Selinsky. She was in Welcome Back, Cotter and the TV series MASH. Christine Sutherland played Mae Thompson. She was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series. Thomas Brown played Little Russ Thompson. He was in Silverado. Jared Rushton played Ron Thompson. He was in Big and Overboard. Amy O'Neill played Amy Selinsky. She was in The Young and the Restless, the TV series. And Robert Oliveri played Nick Selinsky. He was in Edward Scissorhands. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. It was a quiet Saturday morning. Zelensky! Give it a rest! It's Saturday! Professor Wayne Zelinsky was hard at work on his new invention. This thing works. It'll put us right up there with the invention of electricity. That didn't quite work. Did you get the machine to work? A few more bucks to get out. Then something quite unexpected happened. Where are the kids? I haven't seen them since I left this morning. It shrunk the kids. Nick, what happened? It works. Diane, I got something real important to tell you. Are you trying to tell me the machine works? Do the kids know? Well, yeah, the kids know. That's great. It's not that great. Why? I shrunk the kids. And the Thompson kids, too. They're about this big. Threw them out with the trash. Ah! What? They're in the backyard. Walt Disney Pictures presents The Last Frontier. Dad can fix us, right, Nick? Sprinklers! Ah! I'll tell you their size. It's a jungle out there. Ah! Nicky, get out of there! Now, while the professor is looking for the kids, just gotta keep our eyes open. They're taking matters into their own hands. I say that, and it's ours! They better behave themselves. 
What is it? Earthquake! No worse! Lawnmower! Rick Moranis is Professor Wayne Zielinski. Are you saying that that machine blew, blew up? up my kid? No, no, no. no, no. If the machine no. had blown up the kids, there'd be pieces of them everywhere. Wayne, did you report some missing children? Oh, there must be some mistake. Ours are in the backyard. Right, honey? Honey, I shrunk the kids. We're all the size of boogers. Dad, don't eat me! All right, so I'm probably not imagining this is the first time you guys have seen this. I know I saw this in the theater when it came out. I, I remember seeing it in the theater when it came out, but uh, is this the f- first time either of you have seen this one? Oh, heck no. No. This okay. Is a, this is a classic from childhood. Okay. Oh, yes. All right, okay, we'll fire it up then. So what does, uh, when you think of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, just run me through kind of just your initial thoughts like what's when you think back to this movie i know we just watched it not that long ago but um when you think back to this movie what are your fondest memories of honey i shrunk the kids what how does it stick out for you as a as one where when i ask you have you seen it you both go oh no i yes (laughs) yes when they ride the ant i love that Mm -hmm. whole sequence there you go i've got a theory that this is all part of the mcu and that's actually a uh, ancestor of anthony from (laughs) ant-man Nice. I just remember like all the, you know, getting really dirty and like falling in mud puddles that really weren't mud puddles, but you know, a splash of water would make a mess falling in the bug pollen, you know, just all those things that, you know, it's kind of like the double dare show in a, in a movie, that kind of thing. Yeah. It was. It had kind of that double dare vibe to it because, you know, you're sliding into like the Cheerios or you're in the, you know, you're you're digging into the giant, you know, hostess uh, cupcake or oatmeal cake or whatever it was. And just all mm-hmm. these different things that you would see in that double dare show. And but I think I think, too, part of it was after after watching it now as an adult, when I kind of look back on it, I think this is really part of a progression for us as kids, like we had the TV show Double Dare and, and you had this that kind of went along with it. And this really is kind of a with the way the action is and the special effects. This is kind of a precursor to a Jurassic Park almost. Yeah, it almost does kind of have that vibe. Like it's like like they're getting us ready for a Jurassic Park. Yeah. We're just yeah. going to start. We're just going to start with ants and sprinklers. Right. I kind of had the feeling in rewatching this movie was like, wow, this really truly was kind of like not the last gasp, but well, maybe the the last gasp of like the 1980s. Um, oh, man, the parents are out of touch and the kids have to solve the problem and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, like the, the kids are off on an adventure, although this one seemed different because the, the parents – did well, I guess they had that in like the great outdoors as well, where the families all came together and whatnot. But that was, I don't know. And just watching this, I'm like, oh, I totally see how this fit into like the whole 1980s as like a, as like a time, as a style period, because you know, it had so many of the traits of it. But I maybe, this maybe was one of the first movies that I saw kind of from the theater and I, I didn't process that. Oh, this is sort of like the Goonies. The kids are off on an adventure or a John Hughes movie where the parents are clueless or, 
you know what I'm saying? It was, um, I don't know. It was just kind of fun to watch this in a, in a historical context. Yeah. Bo, what about for you? You said that you, this is a favorite from childhood. What's, what kind of sticks out to you is like why this is so memorable. Um, I think just the whole concept of it, you know, then, then trudging through the yard, you know, it's, it's an, that's an interesting way to phrase that question too. Cause I can't really put my finger on one thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the concept of the movie. It's the whole thing. It's the, the fish out of water aspect of it. The, well, the think- yard, the yard was a safe place, but when you become like a micro microscopic, it's there's suddenly things are dangerous. Yeah. Are things that you that's, sweep out yeah, of the way. That's a much better way to put <laughs> Much better way right? to put that. Well, I, I mean, it was your idea. I'm not, I'm not. No, no, no. You, you, are, you are articulating my thoughts much better than I was. Thank you. It's a group effort, man. It's a group effort. Yeah. I'm... Well, think of it like when we were kids. Think of how I don't know if you guys did the same thing, but I, I remember, you know, playing out in the yard when I was a much younger kid. But playing out in the yard, and you know, every once in a while, you'd, you'd find a bug or something and you kind of play with it or you'd follow it a little bit as it was just going about its business. And, and then, you know, you'd like the bug would go from like the sidewalk to the grass. And then you're like, huh, I wonder what's going on down there. Mm-hmm. Cause I can't, I can't really see anything. I mean, the grass is, the grass is, it's not super thick, but I'm like, there's like this hole. And then you just kind of part some of the grass back and you'd be like, Oh, look at that. There's other stuff down here. There's dirt. There's, it, oh look a lego i didn't know what that was or, mm-hmm. you know just random stuff like that i feel like there would be times as a little kid that you just like you would discover these really tiny little things or you'd kind of wonder you know what would it be like to be that small and get down there and, and see what these things look like when you first started to realize that you know hey to this to this ant or this bug i'm super huge so what would it be like if I was like the same size as this thing? I feel like, you know, sometimes you would, you do that as a kid, you'd kind of play that way, or you'd just at least get it in your mind of, you know, trying to imagine what would this be like? Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like that's the, that's the path this movie takes is it says, okay, well here, that's, that's what we're doing now is we're showing you, you know, this childlike wonder of, Hey, what if I could be as small as these things that I play with or, you know, I think for me, part of what made this particularly memorable was not only do we see it in the theater, but um, not too long after this came out, we went as a family to Disney World for the mm-hmm. first time. And at their, um, was it, they, they at the time, I think it was called MGM Studios. Mm-hmm. And they had the uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids land that they kind of, it was like yep. a play, it was like a playground play area. And you could climb on the leaves like the slides were leaves and you could climb on all this stuff. And they had a giant ant statue. And um, I vividly remember, in fact, I think I have it on an old uh, video that my dad took when we were there of us running around the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids land. And it's like you were in it looked like you were in the movie as soon as you mm-hmm. got there. And I, I vividly remember that and thinking that that was so cool. And then having that kind of come right off the heels of having seen the movie. So it was kind of like. You know, I, I think it'd be kind of like a kid now. If you saw Star Wars for the first time and then your parents took you to Galaxy's Edge, um, you know, at the, one of the Disney World parks, it would just blow your little mind. Right. I'm glad to hear you mention the, the the park because, yeah, I was thinking about that, too. When we got there, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. This is the movie, you know. That yeah. had to be so cool. It was, and I remember it being totally brand new. It was, it was very busy because it was just brand new. I think they had just opened it, 
Um, and I remember having to wait a little bit to get in there, but it was totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that is not something I ever did. That sounds pretty cool. So what do you have a favorite scene in the movie? Kind of as, as they go through their adventure, they get shrunk down. Um, you know, obviously we've got the dynamic between the kids that, uh, you know, the, the two kids from one family and the two kids from the other family, and they kind of see each other as, you know, the, the nerdy ones are nerds and the other ones are kind of brutish barbarians, I guess, for lack of a better term that, um, and they have to kind of team up as they go off in this adventure now that they've been shrunk down. Um, Mm -hmm. is there, as kind of get into the story and the situations they get into i know you already said that you know writing the ant was one of them but are there things in particular about this movie that you just look at and you say that like if i was in this situation i'd want to do that exact same thing flying on the bee was pretty cool even though that was kind of the Mm -hmm. you know the bee was kind of the bad guy i don't know if i'd like to do any of it i thought the scene where the sprinkler was on and they had to dodge the water droplets i just thought that scene was pretty cool yeah yeah I, I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty neat. Sorry, I got tongue tied. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I necessarily would want to go through that huge droplets of water coming at me, uh, but I thought that scene was pretty cool. And I like the message of the movie. You know, the kids all kind of, I mean, and all four of them were really different. You know, because wasn't the sister was part of the popular crowd, and the younger brother was kind of they, you know, the, a little bit more of the the brainy kind of thing. And then the other family, the younger brother was kind of like following in the dad's footsteps, you know, real into sports and the tough guy and all that. But the older brother wasn't, you know, he quit the football team. And I want to say, didn't, wasn't he intimidated by the sister because she was part of the popular crowd and he wasn't. So I, uh, you know, I, I thought that was kind of neat and how the kids all overlapped and came together. And I, I don't know. I just think that was pretty cool. And in the end, they all hang out together. And as an adult, that's the kind of thing that I liked. Yeah, I think just being able to see just the whole world, like what this looked like and, and being able to get to see kind of the special effects of it all. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have known it at the time, but Joe Johnson, this was his first movie that he directed. Um, but, you know, he was one of the ones that did a lot of the design work on the Star Wars movies. You know, the original trilogy, he designed the Boba Fett costume. Um, he designed a lot of the ships. Um you know, so he had a lot of, he was very much, I think at the beginning, kind of a, you consider more of like a design special effects kind of guy. Um, and, and that clearly comes through in a movie like this, you know, somebody that has to design, what would the world look like if you were the size of an ant, if you were smaller than an ant, what would the world look like to you? And, and, you know, I think watching it today, I mean, you, you get a little bit of a sense of, okay, well, these are, you know, I'm watching this on my high def TV and I can clearly tell that a lot of these props are foam and, you know, something that was manufactured to, to look like a giant blade of grass. But at the same time, it's like, it doesn't really lose any of that magic because of that. No. And I think this, I think the story carries it. I mean, that's where for, for me, the special effects kind of are secondary to what's the story being told. And does this movie hold up? I really think so. And, um, I, I was, to be honest, I was very pleasantly surprised that I was I'm reminded about how good this movie was. And I, I again, I didn't watch this with the family, but this is like on the list. Like it's like, you know what? Um, this weekend, this might be the family movie this weekend. Um, I, I, I just sure maybe the special effects weren't up to snuff with today's whatever, but uh, you know the the story really carried it, and the the you know. The, the actors and so forth. So I, I think it definitely held up and, and all of that. 
Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think it's the like you said. It's it's the story of this. It's really kind of the interaction with the kids and how they start to get along and work together as a team. Or, um, you know, I, there were definitely. I remember vividly watching this movie and just being genuinely terrified, like a, a kid level of terrified, of, well, th- this kid's allergic to this stuff. You know, what happens when when you know he he gets introduced to this that he's allergic to and he's that small? Well, just kill him or he's about to get eaten in the bowl of Cheerios. This kid's about to get eaten. You know, and I, to this day, if I ever see a bubble in the middle of my Cheerios, I'm always very careful to make sure there's not anything in it. Mm-hmm. It's not and one I, of your kids. Well, right, right. And I, I, and I, I, I'm sure I will sound like a madman when I say this, but I have that thought every time I see a bubble in the middle of a Cheerio. Mm-hmm. Is it like, it, it's honey. I shrunk the kids. There might be a kid in there. Just check it real fast before you eat it. Mm-hmm. So for that to be lodged in my brain all these years later, even as a 30-whatever-year-old, mm-hmm. the movie clearly did its job. Yes. So there were a couple of interesting things. Uh, as I mentioned before, this was Joe Johnson's first uh, director job on a movie. He had plenty of other jobs, uh, you know, design work and Star Wars, things like that. Um, a couple of other interesting things about this movie. It was one of the movies that featured the short films. And they did a bunch of uh, Roger Rabbit short films mm-hmm. kind of around the same time, same time that the Roger Rabbit movie came out. And I remember those and I remember seeing those along with these movies. And I think that as a kid, it made me think that they were going to do more another Roger Rabbit movie. Okay. Like you'd see these play in front of them. They had, I want to say there was two or three short films that they ended up doing and this one was I pulled it up here on imdb this one was called tummy trouble and it's a uh, baby herman swallows his rattle okay and roger, and roger rabbit has to take him to the hospital so they can get it out and then of course you have a whole bunch of kind of slapsticky hospital gags um <laughs> and, and i think uh jessica rabbit was probably a nurse if i had to guess because why not because because why not hello nurse um yeah, so I've, I remember that. I remember seeing that kind of short film before this movie. Um, the one thing that I didn't know about that I saw here on IMDb is that in one of the earliest versions of the script, there were five kids, and one of them died during the sprinkler sequence. Mm. I think that, that would have changed this movie just a bit. Yeah. I mean, because you know, you feel like these kids are in danger, but at the same time, nobody dies and, and nobody gets seriously hurt in this movie. And that's what keeps it as a kid's movie. I feel like if you had someone, if you had five kids and one died, that just, that goes down a path that, I don't know. Yeah, that decidedly different movie. I'm always amazed by um, how many different versions you know, you always hear that. Oh, we thought we'd try this, and that didn't work out. And you know, it's just someone thought it was a good idea at the time. And boy, I'm glad there's people to tell them no. Right. <laughs> yeah, a couple of things I saw in here. Um, this one I appreciated as a as a former English teacher. Um, although I'm not sure you're ever a former English teacher. I think it's just always there. The uh, and I appreciate their acronym as well. The Society for the Preservation of the English Language and Literature, or SPELL, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which actually I believe is an offshoot of the Grammar Nazis. So I don't yes. know if that's a, I, don't, I think that's like their version of Spectre. Um, mm-hmm. They awarded Honey I Shrunk the Kids with their 1989 Dunce Cap Award citing the title's grammatical error using the word shrunk instead of shrank. 
So if it's mm-hmm. grammatically correct, it should be, honey, I shrank the kids. However, uh, they point out on here, they say, uh, Disney executive did respond that the incorrect usage was on purpose because it directly references a line of dialogue in the movie. Yeah. So, there. Shrunk, shrank, who cares? Shrink, I'm, shrank, shrunk. There you go. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk with another 21st century kind of ism here. And uh, I'm, I'm going to use standards-based language, and I'm just going to say that hearing <laughs> that like exchange right there, it just sounds like all parties met expectations. Yeah, I just I, th- I think I think yep, that just sounds about right. Yep. Uh, here's another fun one. The film's original title was Teeny Weenies. <laughs> <laughs> they totally should have gone with that. That would have been so good. Because because. Now I wish that, you know, in an alternate universe, here we are recording our 262nd episode of the 30-something movie podcast in which we discuss the movie Teeny Weenies. Uh, I am going tonight on the incognito window and looking up Teeny Weenies. I'm just saying, yep. I'll let you know what I find. <laughs> oh, I don't know don't, if you should do that. Don't, I'm not, uh, not, on, not on a work computer. Don't, don't do that. Don't yeah, do that, that is, work. yes. Mm-mm, mm-mm, Yeah. Nope, that's a that's a big no no. Um, all right, let's see anything else here. Oh, this one had a good dog in it. You had Quark, was the dog's name in this movie. Mm-hmm. We could have included that last week on our list of of uh, movie dogs. Um, and then uh, originally one of the first people that was kind of in line to play the dad, Wayne Selinsky, was actually Martin Short. Oh, okay. So that could have been interesting. Yeah, that would have been. I think he would have done an. A, a pretty phenomenal day would have brought his own something, something to it, but I think he would have done just as good. And, but Rick Moranis was perfect. Yeah. Um, so is there anything before we jump into our five questions, is there anything about this movie that you don't like or that you, when you watched it this time around, you're like, huh? Yeah, that worked for me as a kid, but not this time. Is there anything in this one that does not work for Not that I can think of. Maybe the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, but I mean, other than that. Yeah, I I have a hard time finding anything that I would say, yeah, no, that doesn't work for me me anymore, or "Eh, that's a pretty weak part of the story. I mean, like anything, it's going to have its strengths and weaknesses, but there's not really anything. I went and watched this with the kids. Um, You know, we watched this maybe a couple years ago now uh, with the whole family, and the kids loved it. They thought it was hilarious. Oh yeah. You know, and it was just enough, you know, for, for both of the kids, it made them just squeamish enough when you had kind of like the kissing scenes. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, that's always fun to watch too. Um, so no, I can't think of anything, you know, this is, it's not a movie that I would sit there and say, Hey, I'm going to give this movie, you know, five stars out of five stars, but I can't think of anything I don't like about it. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not saying I'd give it a perfect score for anything, but there's nothing I can look at and say, no, that, that, that falls short for me. Mm -hmm. I think, I I think, you know, given, you know, special effects of the time, it was awesome. Yeah. Given that it's a kid's movie and we're, you know, trying to figure out how to get out of the backyard, it does what it needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the special effects were cool, but it wasn't like just a vehicle to show special effects. And my son, who is a huge, huge baseball fan and, and you know, baseball player, uh, really appreciated that the difference that it made was that it was a baseball 
and that's what got everybody shrunk. It was the power of baseball mm-hmm. that, sh- that kept everybody from exploding. Well, there you go. All right. Well, let's jump on into our five questions. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. Why are you asking me? For? I don't know. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. And may God have mercy on your soul. Five questions this time around. Question number one. If you were shrunk or sh- shrank or if you if you shrank or. All right. Well, I guess I'm getting the 2019 dunce cap award. Um, if you shrank, what setting would you like to be dropped into? At least one of my children immediately said the cookie jar. Okay. Um, excellent choice. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like inside of a supercomputer or something. Oh, Okay. Just to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go along your lines. I'd like to go inside like a, you know, an internal combustion motor, you know, mm. just kind of like see what that's all like. Very cool. So the rest of my family, uh, John's comment was he would like to, we, we have in a kind of a, kind of like a workshop garage type room that we have kind of towards the back of our house, a detached uh, room from our house we have these big tables set up and when Sharon was a kid, she used to have this entire Lego city set up Cool. and John and Sharon have been kind of working together on that to kind of get it back to what it used to be. And, and a few years ago, it was a little bit more built up than it is now. I think just because of life and busyness, it now looks like a lot of the scenery, uh, from, um, you know, it looks a little bit like the end of the movie, the day after tomorrow. It's, it's not really in great shape right now. Mm-hmm. Some of the buildings are in, in a little bit of uh, disrepair, but uh, that was John's response. He's like, well, I, if we had our Lego city, you know, built back up the way it used to be, he's like, I'd like to be dropped in the middle of the Lego city. Cool. Mm. Uh, Sharon's response was we had gone, it's maybe about a year ago now, maybe a little bit longer than that. We had gone to the Art Institute of Chicago and they had an entire exhibit on tiny rooms. Mm-hmm. And they had those artists that would do those miniature versions of uh, rooms in these like castles and fancy mansions and that they're little little tiny replicas of rooms from actual buildings so she said she wanted to be dropped into that setting i said a mini golf course okay there you go because i figured there's gonna be just enough craziness in a mini golf course that you can have all kinds of fun oh yeah it was that it was then pointed out to me that every time someone putts it's going to be like the beginning of raiders of the lost ark but that's okay true true just make sure that you speak havito that's true. Wasn't there – there was a, a Deep Space Nine episode where they shrunk down one small ship or something. And then that was that was kind of fun because they were flying around in the shuttlecraft and they were like, um, you know, fighting against the Dominion guys. But they were like the size of a fly. Mm-hmm. I thought that one was pretty cool. I think there was a Next Generation one where they did that too. Was there one? Okay. I don't know. But I, I just remember there was some Star Trek stories where they there was some there was some shrinkage. What? Mm, well, okay. Mm-hmm, all right. <clears throat> I, I'm sure on Ruripente in uh, Star Trek Six, it's very cold in space, as Khan said. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. Question number two, uh, which kind of moves into what you were talking about, Pat. Favorite story where someone shrinks. And for this one, I'm going to go. For me, it's a little bit of a toss-up. I really love the first Ant-Man movie. So I'm either going to go Ant-Man or I'm going to go Interspace. 
Okay. I was gonna say inner space. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the. Uh, I'm going to stick with one of my my great loves of Deep Space Nine and say the uh, one small ship or this small ship episode. There you, there go. you go. I have to go back and watch that one. It's when you and I were talking Deep Space Nine a few years ago. I went through and I rewatched the entire series. And oh, it's now, just glorious. Now I'm starting to already forget them, so I might have to just go back and revisit those. That one's definitely worth a rewatch. Like uh, you know, when you're like, oh man, what should I do? What I, that's one that that's one of my go tos. Okay. All right, number three, if you were shrunk or shrank or whatever, um, what would you be most afraid of? Bugs. Yep. I don't like them now. I certainly won't like them if I'm the same size. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't like them when I'm a million times bigger than they are. That was my, my answer was specifically spiders. Yeah, the bug thing. I think it'd be hard to hard to be afraid of that. Hard to not be afraid of that, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Okay. All right. Uh, question number four: Favorite movie with a, a nerdy inventor? It happens every spring. Happens every spring. Great old baseball movie. Guy uh, guy develops a compound that helps a baseball avoid wood, so therefore avoid a bat. Really? Huh. Yeah. Fun. Great old black and white movie from I don't even know. You know, let me get the year. I, I do I have never, this fancy. I do have this fancy internet thing in front of me. Yeah, I, I pulled it up. It's 1949. There you go. Okay. I have never heard of this movie before. Oh, so good. I haven't seen it in years because I, for the longest time, I had trouble finding a copy of it. We had a VHS copy, but no way to watch it. Well, um, it looks like there may be a full copy of it on YouTube. Oh, there we go. I'll have to check that out. I think uh, I actually, that's it. not. If it's uh, the YouTube copy says it's about an hour and eleven minutes, but here it says the duration should be one hour twenty-seven. So maybe not. Yeah, um, I did finally find a DVD of it at some point. Paid a lot more money for it than I probably should have mm. to give to my dad for his birthday one year. Nice. Yeah, great movie. Always, I, for for having a son that loves baseball, I'm always looking for good baseball movies. So oh, I'm sure this he would. Is so good. I'm sure he'd enjoy this one. All right. Well, that's going on the watch list. Um, Amazon says you can pick up a copy for 10 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. So. They must have they must have done a reprinting because I paid far too much money for that copy. Okay. This is a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? It might be. Uh, no, it might be a digital copy. It may not be a DVD. Ah. That's what it looks like. It looks like it's a digital download. You can buy a DVD for about 17 bucks. Well, that's not too bad, though. I so. think I paid closer to 30 for it. Okay. Which at the time I was like, God, for a DVD of a movie this old, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what one time I was looking for a copy of War of the Worlds, the old 1954, mm-hmm. 1954. Yeah, I think 54 version of it. And I had a copy of the DVD. I, I found it somewhere for about 10 bucks. And then I was looking again at one other point. I think because I think I lost my copy, but I, I didn't. I ended up finding it. But uh, not my copy that I had, but a an original printing of the first DVD of the 54 war of the worlds was selling for like 130 bucks. Yeah. Isn't it ridiculous? Sometimes I, you find these things and like, that's crazy. It's a, like, we're not even talking an original print of the film. We're talking a DVD. Yeah. Favorite movie with a nerdy inventor. I, everybody around the dinner table, when I asked them this question, like they, everybody immediately said back to the future. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, 
that's a really good answer. Um, I'm going to go, I, I, I'd either go back to the future or, um, the other one you could do. I, I really, well, he's not, I don't know if I'd say he's an inventor. I guess he is. He's, he's a little bit more of a mechanic, but I've said repeatedly, I, I love the movie, the rocketeer and mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Johnston ended up directing the rocketeer. Uh, I like Peavy, the mechanic that's in the rocketeer. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd pick him as one. Now, God bless Nora. She, when, when I asked this question, everybody else said back to the future and she just kind of smiled and said, young Einstein. Okay. So I, I said, okay. Um, you, you know, that wasn't a good movie. She's like, no, it was a great movie. I'd love that movie. I said, oh, mm. Okay. <laughs> we, we have no accounting for taste. We, we have more movies to show you. And I, but I told her, I said, Hey, you know what, Nora, eight year old me would have agreed with you. There you go. Right. 30 years later, was, I've learned a few things, but was Doc Brown really a nerdy adventure? Cause that was my first thought too. Mm-hmm. Or was he just more of an eccentric? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we could stretch it a little bit you could say nerdy slash eccentric. Did you, did you share yours, Pat? Did you do yours already? <sighs> well, I mean, Doc Brown, that would be okay. real easy to throw that one out there. I guess I could also say, um, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the flubber movies, I really, oh, yeah. I don't know. Did you ever see Flubber? Mm-hmm. Those movies were fun. The and newer so, ones, uh, newer ones, wasn't that Robin Williams? Oh, it might have been. I never saw that. I never saw the newer ones. Um, but Flubber, I like those Flubber movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say. Was it Jerry Lewis in the old ones? It mm, might have been. Wasn't was that it? the Nutty Professor? Oh, am I thinking of the Nutty Professor? I probably am. Yeah. Flubber was Flubber was a slightly different thing, but yeah, that was another yeah. old time one. Otherwise, I I would just say like any one of those, um, uh, you know, any, I mean, any movie where they invent something cool, you know, where you've got like the scientific guy that, you know, makes it all run, mm-hmm. makes it all. Oh, yeah, no, that's what I was. Well. That's what I was thinking of. The absent-minded professor. Absent-minded uh, professor. Like the yes. original yeah. Flubber. Yeah. Yes. Right. Got it. Okay, so that's that's what Flubber was in. The was the was the thing that the absent-minded professor. Cre- okay, I knew I didn't right. quite have the name right. Yeah, yeah, but when they did the remake of it in the '90s, it was Robin Williams, and they just called it Flubber. That's okay. That's therein is my confusion. Uh, all right, last one. Uh, question number five: Favorite Rick Moranis role? And I listed everything out on a sheet of paper, and I. I think I ultimately came up with, I'm going to go with dark helmet. Wait a minute. Yeah. 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 I mean, how do you not? Yeah. Cause I looked at it. I was like, okay, ghostbusters. Yeah. He's great in that. (sighs) And then, you know, we just watched parenthood. He's good in that one. And then I just, I kept going through everything and I was like, you know, he's, he's really great in all of these, Mm -hmm. but I just, when I think of my favorite one in a in a movie where he's got a role where it's a big part in the movie, because sometimes he doesn't have that big of a part in some movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's a supporting actor, but I, in Little Shop of Horrors, I was going back and forth. I think between Little Shop of Horrors and Spaceballs, but I, I think I ultimately got to go with um, Dark Helmet. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty classic. Yeah, it's just too iconic. It's mm-hmm. yes, and that is why evil will always triumph. Because good is dumb. <laughs> oh, man. I was about 
to say when are we going to watch that one but we did that one like two years ago i say no. been there done that mm-hmm. but yep. you know when will then be now we can do it again right we can rewind it and i'll, I'll go to the podcast library and we'll pull out space balls the podcast you know what that should be the premiere episode of 30 something movie podcast after dark mm-hmm. i think that could uh <laughs> 30 podcast after dark helmet yeah see you're thinking i I, sometimes yeah you're thinking (laughs) i i have moments i'm keeping quiet because i'm just going to start quoting that movie (laughs) and you will hang up on me from this phone call and i'll still be quoting that movie and and there's nothing wrong with that nothing at all why don't you go back to the driving range and practice your putts a golf course and practice yeah whatever one, two, three, four, five. That's amazing. <laughs> it's a combination of my luggage. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, so if you want to find out more about our show, you can go to 30podcast.com. It's got our voicemail number. It's got our uh, Twitter account, Instagram, all those other places where we happen to be online. Um, and uh, you can check all those out check out the episodes on our podcast if you want to go over to our letterboxd page there's a link to that there um if you want to i've kind of finalized the list already for or mostly finalized the list of movies already for next year um but if you want to go vote there is a spot where you can go vote on the movies for next year and and you know that can help us out if we get a whole bunch of votes for a movie that may not be on the list right now i'll I'll make some arrangements we'll see what we can do um and I, I do want to say, like, right off the bat, there are so many movies in 1990 that I wanted to make make it on the list. Um, and there were some that just, I, I still want them to be on the list. Or there are some that I've never seen before. And when I, when I read up the synopsis, I was like, oh, well, that would be kind of cool to talk about and watch. So just as always, you know, we, we there's only a certain number of Wednesdays in the year. And uh, we do have full-time jobs beyond the podcast, so we, uh, we we do as best we can, but we are definitely going to miss some movies that I'm sure people would love to hear about. Um, if that's the case, hey, maybe we do start up the 30 Podcast After Dark, and, and we offer some extra episodes if you want to hear them, and uh, we'll, we'll just find that extra free time somewhere in the day. Or we beat somebody up and take their free time. There you go. See, now you're thinking. Now it's, it was all the it was all the mobster talk, the gangster talk from the last episode. Mm-hmm. See, it's sort of like the Merovingian said: "If you never take time, how can you truly have time?" It was Mister Rogers. Really, he said that originally. I don't know. <sighs> Wait it a minute. Seemed, it, it seemed like something wise, so I, I figured Mister Rogers said it. Whoa! Deja vu. Deja all vu. over again mm-hmm. yeah that's it's the sign that something in the makes sure just got changed describe the cat was it mm-hmm. the same cat exactly the same uh, i don't know a cat walked past that door and then another oh okay i know what i'm doing tonight matrix mm-hmm. trilogy there you go i'm gonna seem <laughs> a little tired tomorrow at work guys because i'm going back into the matrix i i, I to pull back that curtain for just a second i did go back and i kind of looked at some descriptions of the movies because i haven't watched all three of them in a while and i was Mm. like huh is john old enough to watch these yet Mm because dad needs an excuse to go back and rewatch them (laughs) i i do think we are at the stage where we're just about ready to watch the christopher nolan batman movies so oh yeah I, i think we're there now but um i don't know if they're quite ready yet for uh for matrix 
Yeah, that's. I don't know though. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, here's a complete tangent. Back to question four. Mm-hmm. Dirty inventor. Q. I'm gonna just take James Bond. Oh, there you go. There you I go. Think that, oh, that's that done. Yeah. Perfect. Done. Okay. Well you, you, done, sir. You win. I I just it just I just thought of it. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. No, that's that is a perfect one. You know what? So you win, and the prize this week is you get to you get to edit this episode. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good. That's could you could you imagine one of these things with me editing it? I'd I, tune in for that. I I don't I, I don't know. You want to try? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the file. We'll have a contest. It's amazing with something like that. How when you're the guy who does it on a regular basis, how you can speed through it, and someone who doesn't just. Mm-hmm. Well, if this if this proves that I shouldn't be editing it, I just accidentally hung up on the call. So right. I think that yeah. <laughs> well, we could have a contest. I can send you the file, and we could just you know, we we can see what's what. Right? Can I fill out a tech ticket for that one? No. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, no, let's put it this way. You can fill one out. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. now have, I now have the power to close those down automatically. Okay, there you go. Auto denial. Any anything oh. I don't want, I just have to create a rule in there and just say anything that comes from Pat Canagallo <laughs> <Yeah>. immediately resolved. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. No, I will freely admit that I will freely admit that that would probably be a disaster if I tried to like edit all that kind of stuff. Or, or it would just it, – it would not be done in a timely manner, so. Well, and, and that's the thing too. And, and that's why sometimes when these episodes come out, the, uh, the grand total of my editing is oftentimes, hey, here's the audio for the trailer. Yeah, I, I put that in after the fact. There you go. Enjoy. <laughs> right. Because, right. you know, sometimes, as, as they said in Jurassic Park, sometimes life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's funny. Okay, I think it would be something I would like to do, because, like I said, I, I mean, growing up, I liked. And you tell me if I'm just. You can feel free to laugh at me. And again, I'm saying this. And this whole thing came up. I, it was self-deprecating. Like I would be like a disaster if I had to edit this thing. I mean, but I think if I had time to like, you know, just that, it, you know, and I could sit and kind of, I think it might be something I'd like because mm-hmm. I mean, I, growing up, I always used to love building models. You mm-hmm. know, I like, you know, when work, as long as I know what I'm doing, uh, working on the cars or like taking things apart and putting them together, you know, like I like doing that. And I've, the little bit I've seen of editing, it's, uh, um, I, I could see where, you know, it's kind of like fitting all that together, you know, but that being said, those things that I just listed, um, are definitely high skill things, skills I don't have. So I don't think I would be good at it in the, any stretch of the imagination, but I, I think it would be, it would be just something that would be fun, you know, editing things together like that would be fun. I don't know. Well, it's kind of like the, you know, it's, it's editing the stuff for this show. And then sometimes the, the things I'll do for, you know, publishing things for our school district and whatnot. Sure. I have, I have no clue what I'm doing, or at least when I first started doing these things, I had no clue what I was doing at all. So the fun part of it is me just sitting down and kind of stumbling through it. And then after about, you know, three hours, I sit there and go, Oh, I learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of cool. And usually every time I sit down to go edit something, I learn some shortcut or I learn something like, Oh, I can do this now. Awesome. Right. 
So you know that I, that part of that part of it's fun. Cool. It's just when it's uh, you know, when it's like if I haven't got the episode out yet and it's like ten o'clock on a Wednesday night and I'm sitting there going, mm-hmm. huh, yeah, these episodes are supposed to come out on Wednesday, aren't they? I haven't I haven't sat down to start editing this one, have I? <laughs> yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Looks like it's gonna be a Thursday special. Mm-hmm. Thirty podcast after Wednesday. There you go. Or Saturday night special. That'd be even worse. Saturday night special. There you go. Leonard Skinner song could be our theme song. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this time. So if you want to come on back here, uh, our next episodes, don't know what order they're going to be in because Jeff and I are still trying to work that out. But we're going to be doing Little Mermaid, Little Monsters. So there's a bunch of little stuff going on. Uh, Well, we had Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And now we're getting into the Little Mermaid, Little Monsters. And then after that, we get some real monsters with Celia, Pet Cemetery, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Leviathan, and Shocker as we head on into October. Um, so looking forward to getting into those movies. I'm a big horror fan. Um, so I, I know Pat's not, but Pat, you, you know, you're, you're a trooper every He's October. He's a trooper. <laughs> I'll just have to step it up, man. I'll just have to make it happen. And I'm going to, you know what? I'm, I'm going to find some truly scary stuff someday just to kind of throw at you. And have you ever seen the movie Event Horizon? Oh. No, is that the one where they like open the rift to hell or something like yeah. that? Yes, they do. Okay. And every time, and every time, one I, of the creepiest movies I've ever watched. And and even to this day, every time I go to sleep, that rift opens in my dreams every night because it's that terrifying. Huh. I, the first time I saw that movie, I probably didn't sleep for at least two or three days. Okay. And and I was a big horror movie fan at the time, so scared yeah. the pants <laughs> off you. So and then and then those pants ran into my room and told the rest of the pants, and they all ran out of the house screaming. <laughs> it's about like that. Yeah, that's it, the way. Yeah, that's a rough one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can't wait till we get to that one. That's that's probably like eight years away, but I think it was ninety-seven, maybe. But we'll get there eventually. All yep. right. Well, until next time. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here tonight. Thank you, John, for thank coordinating you, John. and editing and all the things yeah. you do. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Always fun to talk movies with you guys. Yeah. It's it. Man, I'll tell you when when things are looking pretty grim. It just fun to look forward to. As the Merovingian said, when things are looking pretty grim, it's time for the 30 podcast again. There it is. I, I don't think he said that. I doubt it. It was probably Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers says most things. Yeah, he's a lot of stuff. If it sounds wise, it was probably him. Yes. All right. Well, as Mr. Rogers also once said, be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. And we'll see you back here next time.